Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Well, obviously, some very significant things going on in our time, right? Would you stand with me? We're going to pray. But I want you to know, unequivocally, we are standing with Israel. Now, with that being said, there's going to be a lot of innocent people that are from Palestine and and Muslims that's going to get caught up in this that is going to have a horrific life. And and many of them are going to die, and we regret that, and we need to pray for them also because they're caught up in a situation they shouldn't and really should be caught up in. But uh, I want to stand on what is right. And we need to see what the Bible says about that. And obviously we're not going to get done uh, this morning. And we're going to begin again tonight. Pastor Matt and I will uh, continue this. But let's pray together before we get started. Father, we're so grateful that you love us and you care for us. And Lord, today we, we declare that you are our God. You're the mighty God. And Lord, we are praying for those who are involved in this conflict. We're praying that right will be right and overcome the evil in the darkness. And Lord, today we open up our hearts to you, your word, and to our current situations. We ask, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you so much for being here today. If you watch this, uh, then the question is, why would this tiny nation, Israel, be a concern of ours today? Well, it's a concern because even as much as we love America, America is really not the prophetic indicator of the end time. Uh, one of the greatest indicators of the end time is the nation of Israel. And so Israel is important because there was a Messiah, there is a Messiah, that uh, came from a virgin that was Hebrew that was born in Israel. And he ministered in Israel. And he died. He was crucified in Israel. He was buried in Israel. He rose from the dead in Israel. He ascended to heaven from Israel. And he's coming back again to Israel. So that's why we're concerned about Israel. This tiny nation that God himself birthed, then we have to look at what is happening. So one of the questions that we have today in the middle of this conflict is who is Hamas? Well, Hamas was set up, if you will, in 1987. They declared a charter or a covenant in 1988, outlining their goals, their principles, and the things that they wanted, their ideology. And it calls for the destruction of Israel and the establishment of an Islamic uh, Palestinian state. And they view all of Palestine, all of Israel, as a land of the Muslims. It affirms an armed struggle against the Jews, and it's the only way they believe to liberate Palestine, and they reject any peace treaty or any negotiations from any nation, even Arab nations. And anyone who stands in their way, they're going to kill. And it makes no difference if they're Jew or non-Jew. If you saw in Remain the festival, and they went in and killed 260 people. All of those people were not Jewish. Some were Arabs, some were Americans. They killed everyone that they could kill, and what they didn't kill and who they didn't kill, they took as hostage. And this is from their charter, and they're quoting their prophet. 
The day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight the Jews or killing the Jews. When the Jew will hide behind stones and trees, the stones and trees will say, O Muslims, O Abdullah, there's a Jew behind me, come and kill him. So Hamas, as a part of the Muslim Brotherhood, they're committed to spread Islam and have a, a caliphate across the entire world. And they are uh, believing that land was endowed to them by Allah. And they allege that the Jews, the Zionists, were involved in many things across history. And this is really far-reaching for me. They link the Jews to the French Revolution, World War I, World War II, uh, communism, Freemasonry, Rotary Clubs, Lion Clubs, United Nations. And they believe the Jews are responsible for all of those things. And, and they believe in a holy jihad which war is the only answer. And they're calling for the other Arab nations to join in with them. And they also are very critical of other Arab governments calling for a, maybe a truce or an alliance with Israel. And they're raising up new generations for this cause. If you have ever seen some of the clips, they're raising up their children to be terrorists. And what they're doing is they're teaching them, and I saw some of this the other day, as far as you know, fourth, fifth, third graders, they're having them chant that we're happy to kill Jews. And they're dressing them as uh, bombers, uh, martyrs, putting fake bombs on them and having them wear and parade around them. And any peace negotiations with any other country, they're absolutely you know, against that. To summarize that, they are for the complete destruction of Israel and the liberation of Palestine and for this caliphate to be across the world, have Sharia law. They're uh, going to come against anybody that obstructs that and they have a disdain and a dismissal of any negotiated resolution. So when we say, why can't there be a resolution? They defy and don't want any treaty or resolution. They literally want to kill every Jew. So on October the 7th, about, seven, about 1,500 to 1,700 terrorists crossed the border and they came from land and air and sea, paragliders, rockets, motorcycles, boats, and other vehicles, and they came in to have complete terror on the outside skirts of Gaza and into Israel all the way up to Tel Aviv and Jerusalem. And those 14 to 1500 people that were killed, 30 of those were Americans. And it is believed they took about somewhere to 150 to 200 hostages and that number is still kind of nebulous. We don't know how many hostages they actually have and they have turned over two or three uh, since then. You know, Pastor Matt uh, introduced this last week. It's a very interesting note. In your Bible, the word Hamas does appear about 60 times. It is pronounced Kamas, or with a K, Kamas. And as Matt said, you have to get a little phlegm in your throat to get it right, Kamas. And so 60 times that word appears. Now, in the Arabic language, it means courage. It means, you know, a faithful fight. But in the Hebrew, the original language, it's translated violent or violence uh, 46 times. It's also translated wrong, cruelty, unrighteous, false, injustice, oppression, oppressor, and damage. And I would say that really does define Hamas, doesn't it? 
Isn't it interesting that this word first appears in Genesis? In Genesis. Every time I read the Bible and I see current events, it amazes me how true the Bible really is. Do you know it is a living word? And it is inspired by the Holy Spirit. So if you want to know what's going to happen in our world, read your Bible. And you have to be careful with news. How many of you know you've got to be careful with news? Number one is they don't always tell the truth. And number two, they're very opinionated and they're very skewed on their own view. So we have to look at what the Word of God says. So today, I do want to share with you with that. And, you know, both sides in this explosion in the hospital, you saw that recently. As soon as that happened, of course, the news picked it up and it was an Israeli rocket or a munition that hit the hospital, killed about 100 people. And of course, right after that, they have transmissions and they have video. It was not an Israeli uh, armament that hit that hospital. It was their own rocket. Now, I, I wanna share this little piece of information. During the last Israeli-Hamas conflict, 2021, uh, they launched several rockets. Matter of fact, they lost, uh, launched about 4,360. 680 of them fell short. 680 never made it over the border to Israel. It landed in Gaza. 680 rockets bombed their own people. They do not care about their own people. He said, Pastor, why would you say that? Because most of the rocket launches that they, they launch are launched from hospitals, launched from schools and mosques and apartment buildings because they're wanting Israel to strike those locations so they can show the world the horrible acts of Israel. And they do it on purpose. They're trying to move, Israel's trying to move, you know, the population to the south. Uh, they are, you know, notifying buildings before they hit them. If you saw it on the news, they drop thousands of leaflets on northern Gaza telling them to move because we're going to come in and we're going to destroy Hamas. What people do that in advance before they get there? Hamas didn't do that. Matter of fact, they did that in a horrible early morning in tragedy and terrorism in the most horrific way. They do not care who they kill, how old they are, how young they are. And as you saw, this horrible thing uh, that happened there in Israel, babies beheaded, uh, older people beheaded, taken into hostage. So Israel was declared a nation in May the 14th of 1948. The British, the, the Balfour uh, document and resolution gave Israel a piece of land. So Israel was birthed, if you will, as a nation in May, 1914, uh, May 14, 1948. So May 15th, everybody say 15th. So May 15th, the Arabs attacked them. So the day after they were declared a nation, the next day, armies from Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Iraq, and Lebanon invaded Israel to destroy the nation the day after they declared themselves to be a nation. Why? They hate Israel. They're vowed to destroy Israel and kill every Jew. Now, just in case you think you are uh, maybe away from that conflict, they believe that Israel is the little Satan and America is the great Satan. And they want to destroy the little Satan and the great Satan, and that is Israel and you. So what is amazing to me that we have Americans that are on the wrong side of this. 
and you've seen it. And it is in universities, it's in cities, it's around the world, and so we have to realize that 6,000 people on the day after they declared themselves a nation, Israelis died trying to protect that nation and keep it alive. In 1967, we have what we call the Six-Day War. Egypt, Syria, Jordan, Iraq, with the support of Saudi Arabia and the other Arab nations, they attacked Israel again, 1967. 1973, we have the Yom Kippur War, where Egypt and Syria attacked Egypt. Now, in 73, the Yom Kippur War, so on the 7th was the 50th anniversary of that war. So they chose that attack on the 50th anniversary on a holy day for Israel, and they came in early that morning. And you may say, well, Pastor, what is this battle all about? Is it just about land? It is about land, but it's much deeper than that. It's also a spiritual battle. And this is demonic, it's satanic, and it reeks of the spirit of the Antichrist. Now let me tell you why. When John wrote his letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, in those letters he said the spirit of Antichrist is already here. Now the Antichrist, the person is not here, but the spirit of Antichrist is already here. And we see that through the actions that we've seen the last week or two. So what is the spirit of Antichrist about? It's about against Christ. Now that's pretty deep, isn't it? But it's about everything that Christ stands for and who he is, they're against, and it's very satanic, and we're going to get back to that. So there, there are two sides to this, and if I say this battle is about land, I want to show you a slide of the nations, the Arab nations around Israel, and you can see a little bitty red square there, and in the middle of that little bitty red square, there's a little white dot. Do you see it? That is the nation of Israel and the nations that surround them. So before I go any further, we're going to leave that up, and I want to just say this. The people around Gaza do not want the Palestinians in their nation. The Egyptians are controlling Rafa, which is the, the border crossing to the south. They're controlling that. And they do not want the Palestinians in their land. Matter of fact, the Jordan people, the, the people from Jordan, they don't want the Palestinians in there. Most Arab states do not want the Palestinians there. You know why? For the very reason that Israel doesn't want the Palestinians there. Now, the next slide, I'm going to show you the, the Islamic world in a greater uh, you know, picture. So that is the Islamic world right there. You see it? That's a big, that's a big place, isn't it? Now, that little bitty white dot you saw a while ago, I want to tell you there's enough land in the, the world of Islam for those Palestinians to live. But nobody wants them. Why? Because Hamas is a terrorist organization. Not that the rest of them are not terrorists. They just don't want competing terrorists. And I want to tell you because they will eventually turn on their own selves. So when you hear this, and young people, please listen to this, because I see universities hold up, quit occupying Gaza. Israel hasn't occupied Gaza in years. If you're going to stand for something, at least be smart enough to know what you stand for. Harvard students. 
Israel turned the Gaza Strip over to the Palestinians, allowed them to have their own elections. And through parliamentary elections from the Palestinian Authority, guess who they so-called elected? Hamas. And guess what? When Hamas got elected, they had no more elections. It's important who you elect. Even in America. Because we reap who we elect. Soapbox. And we elect some of the, well, okay, stop right there. Because we sometimes don't go the right direction because we elect the wrong people. They elected Hamas, and now Hamas says no more election because they got into power. So it is a battle for the land. Of course, historically, um, it's been called, been called Palestinia, uh, the Palestines, uh, uh, after, really, the Philistines. That, that's where the name comes from. And so... You know, there, there, there's just so many things that's happened in that land over and over and over again. But, but I want to tell you, that land was given to Israel. You say, well, Pastor, uh, how, how do you know that? Well, I read my Bible. Genesis chapter 15, verse number 18. Uh, the Lord made a covenant with Abram. On the same day, the Lord made a, cover, a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. So this is what God said. He said, Abram, this is your land and your descendants' land. And not only is it that little white dot, that little strip that we see on the edge of the Mediterranean Sea, he said it's from the Nile River all the way sweeping up to the river Euphrates. Now obviously they don't occupy or control that land, they just have a very small sliver. Some of us was there a few years ago and you can literally go from one side to the other and up and down in a day. It's smaller than New Jersey. Smaller than New Jersey. And, and when you say, well, why would they have that kind of land when God said you could have it from the Nile all the way to the Euphrates because the people around don't want them to have that land and don't want them to have the land they have. And there's a saying, from the river to the sea. Have you ever heard that? It's actually a Muslim Arab saying, from the river to the sea. What does that mean? They want to drive them from the Jordan River all the way into the sea to take away every bit of the land that Israel has. And not just take away the land, but in genocide, kill every Jew. Now, that's not something I'm just telling you. That is in their charter. They published that. We want to kill every Jew. That is genocide. And how in the world can you stand in support of genocide? It's horrific. And people don't know what they're standing for. A few days ago, Black Lives Matter had a post on their website of a paraglider with a Palestinian flag coming in in support. And I don't care if you're black, purple, or green. you got to be on the right side. And there's people across the racial barriers, across political barriers, that are on the wrong side. And I'm just bold enough to say that. Because it's true. So it is a battle for land. 
But it's much deeper than land. If you have the book of Revelation, chapter 12, you'd like to follow along, please do. The Bible records something that's very interesting. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon, under her feet and on her head, a garland of 12 stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And behold, another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads, 10 horns, and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God and his throne. So one of the first prophetic statements in the Bible is actually in Genesis chapter 3 verse 15. And that prophetic statement says, the seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. The seed of the woman shall crush the head of the serpent. How many of you know the serpent was listening when the Lord made that declaration? The seed of the woman. Now what's interesting, the woman doesn't have seed. The man gives the seed to the woman. But yet when the Virgin Mary was impregnated with the seed, it wasn't a man that gave the seed to Mary, it was the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary, planted the seed in her, and she gave birth to a child, and it was a male child. But notice this, that the fiery red dragon is in front of the woman wanting to consume and destroy the baby boy that she is getting ready to bear and birth. So this head of the serpent knows that he's going to be crushed, he's going to be destroyed, and he's going to do everything he can throughout history to keep that from happening. And we see it today. We're literally living in prophetic times today. And we don't know exactly what's going to happen, but we do know, I believe, who this woman is in Revelation chapter 12. If you're a Catholic, you believe it's the Virgin Mary. If you're from the Christian science faith, you believe it's uh, uh, Mary Baker Eddy. But uh, some people in the church believes it's, you know, the church. Well, listen, the church didn't give birth to the male child. The child gave birth to the church. Jesus birthed the church. But let me tell you, I believe biblically who that woman is. And we have a saying here, let the Bible interpret itself. So Genesis chapter 37 tells us really what and who that woman is. This is in chapter 37. It's about Joseph. How, how many of you know Joseph is a dreamer? And the first dream he had was not popular with his uh, brothers. He said, hey, I've had a dream. We're out in the field. We're, we're, we're gathering grain. But he said, your sheaves, my sheaves stood up, and your sheaves bowed down and began to make obeisance to my sheaf. Well, his brothers didn't like that at all. And, and they hated him for it. Then he had another dream. Well, you know, Joseph, he's 17 years old. He says whatever he sees and thinks. So he says, I'm going to tell you the second dream I had. So at 17, he tells his uh, brothers and his mother and daddy the second dream. And it's recorded there. And let me read it to you. This is verse number 9. Then he dreamed still another dream. And he told it to his brothers and said, look, I've dreamed another dream. And this time the sun, the moon, and the 11 stars bowed down to me. So who are we talking about? We're talking about Jacob. 
We're talking about Joseph's mother and his brothers. You do know that God changed Jacob's name. And he changed his name to Israel. Israel. And so what Joseph is dreaming appears again in Revelation chapter 12. So his dad understood, Jacob understood the dream. And he, he said, so Joseph, so your mother and I and your brothers are going to bow down to you? And we know that happened in Egypt because Joseph went there and he became really the prime minister of Egypt. And they, those brothers did come down and they did bow down to their brother, not knowing that he was the brother. But that word came to pass. But the imagery here, it only appears here in Genesis at this passage and it appears in Revelation 12. The only two times it ever appears. It is the sun, the moon, and the 12 stars. But you say, Pastor, but in Genesis it's 11, you're right, and Joseph is number 12. So what he sees in the dream is the birthing and the continuance of the nation of Israel. And out of that nation, guess what? There is a male child that's going to be birthed. And his name is Jesus. And the devil is going to do everything he can to keep that Messiah from coming. Why? He is going to crush his head and rule the nations. You know, Satan wants to rule the nations. And he's ruling a lot of the nations right now. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, you know, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness... You know what Satan said? If you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the nations of this world if you'll worship me. Why would Jesus want to worship Satan when he's going to have all the nations and the kingdoms already? Can I hear an amen? But now he is working, Satan working in the nations. And from the beginning, I mean the beginning, he's trying to keep the seed from coming forth. Cain and Abel, immediately Cain, Kills what? His brother Abel. And, and then we, we don't get very much further than we have this flood. The world becomes so corrupt and evil. God says, I'm going to destroy the world by the flood. But yet he sends a family, the family of Noah, through. Why? He's going to keep the seed alive. Then it's not long there in Egypt. We know what Pharaoh does. You know, sometimes people are controlled by evil things and they don't even know that they're controlled by it? Do, do you know the Bible says sometimes people's eyes are blinded and they don't even know what they're doing, but they're fulfilling the will of Satan? And Pharaoh begins to kill every male child. Why? Because the serpent, the dragon's trying to kill the seed. And then we go on and there's the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Medes, the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, and every one of those nations persecuted God's people, the Jews. You, you remember in Persia, there was a guy by the name of Haman, and he got the king to make a decree. A decree. He, he coerced him to make a decree that in one day, every Jew in Persia would be killed. And thank the Lord for Esther. Thank the Lord for Queen Esther, because she saved the seed alive. Then, of course, in many of your lifetime, the Nazis came along. And of all the people they could persecute and all the people they wanted to kill, guess who they wanted to kill? The Jews. 
Six million Jews. You know what's happening? Behind these people, behind these governments, there is the spirit of Antichrist to kill the seed of the woman. To take out the kingdom of God because Satan wants his own kingdom. And here's a good question today. What kingdom are you in? You're in one or the other. I mean, there, there's no neutral place in this war, in this position. So, so we know through history that this has been going on. I mean, generation after generation, kingdom after kingdom. And so today, what we're seeing is a continuation of what we have been seeing throughout history. So I, I just want to let you be informed today. You know, sometimes there's information, sometimes there's inspiration, and sometimes you just try to wake people up. Because I think today that if we're going to be on the right side of this, we need to have the information of what the right side is. Are innocent people suffering? Yes. Are Palestinians suffering? Yes. Are Arab people going to suffer? Yes. But I'm going to tell you something. You and I need to be on the right side of history. We need to be on the right side of things that are biblical. So this is not just a land war. This is a spiritual war. This is a spiritual war. And we have seen something miraculous. We'll talk about it again tonight. Let me urge you to be back tonight because we're going to go into more detail. In the book of Ezekiel, there is a scene where God takes Ezekiel to a valley of dry bones. We can preach a lot of sermons on that, and I have, and you've heard them. But let me tell you the one meaning of that vision. There is a nation that seems to be dead and dried and scattered all over the world. And the Lord asked Ezekiel a point-blank question. Can these dry bones live again? And Ezekiel said, I don't know. I just don't know. But Lord, you know. And then Ezekiel said, Son of man, prophesy to these bones. Prophesy to them. Speak the word of the Lord. Dry bones live again. And then the, the, the wind began to blow on those bodies that began to form back bone to bone. Sinew came upon them. Flesh came upon them. The breath of God came in and they stood up. And let me tell you what he's saying. Israel, you're going to seem to be dead and scattered across the world. But one day, I'm going to bring you back and you shall live Again, and if you were born before 1948, you saw it in your lifetime. Isn't that amazing? It's the only nation that has been dispersed for that many years that came back together in the history of the world. Why? It's the plan of Almighty God. And one day, Jesus is going to come back. And his feet are going to land on the Mount of Olives, the same place he left from. And he's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem for 1,000 years. And I want to just give you a side note. This is my opinion, and I value it very highly. <laughs> I do not believe that Israel will ever be driven from their land again. I believe they're going to become against. And matter of fact, in the last day, the nations of this world is going to come against Jerusalem. 
Revelation talks about it. Ezekiel talks about it. And there's going to be no one on this earth that can help them. Not even the United States. And it looks like they're going to be completely exterminated. But then God said, I will come to fight for them. And then with the word of his mouth and the breath out of his mouth, he's going to consume the nations that come against Israel. And he's going to come and set up his millennial kingdom. And he's going to rule and reign on this earth. My friends, I want to be on the right side. Don't you? I want to be on the right side. As we close this out, if you were here last time, Pastor Matt said, this is what we can do in light of this. We can be ready. Let me say that again. We can be ready. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I would run to this front this morning. I, I, would, I, I would make my way up here and say, oh God, I want to be ready. I don't know when the rapture's coming. I only know the day. Do you know I know the day when the rapture's coming? Matter of fact, I know the hour. An hour you think not. That's what the Bible says. Which means we, don't, we really don't know the moment he's going to come. But he is coming to catch us away. We're going to meet him in the air, in the clouds. And the Bible says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And if you're not ready, we heard it last week. If you're not ready, you need to get ready. Let me tell you how you get ready. You accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. You repent of your sins. You believe what he did at the cross, shedding his blood, and being crucified was for you and for me because of our sin. He took our sin. And, and we can believe in him, and, and we can repent and accept him and be in right standing with Almighty God. And, and, and you and I, can, we can be about his business. We're in the kingdom of God. So let me urge you. I don't care who you are or how long you've been coming here. For today's your first time. Listen, let's quit playing church. Let's quit playing denominations. Let's quit playing Brother Wonderful. The only one I know that's wonderful is a counselor and a prince of peace. The mighty God, the everlasting Father. And his name is Jesus. And he is the only Savior. Would you bow your head with me? I'm going to ask just very, very, very bluntly. If you don't know Jesus Christ or you've wandered away and you need to get back where you need to be, I'm going to ask you right now, right where you are, head bowed, eyes closed, won't you lift your hand with mine and say, Pastor, I need to be sure I'm right with God because the day is winding down and I need to be where I need to be. If that's you, I just want you to slip your hand up right now. And we're going to believe God that he's going to touch you and meet you at your place where you need. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now let me ask another question. Pastor Mike, there's some things in my life I need to get right, some things I need to kind of get prioritized. If that's you, would you lift your hand right now where you're at? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now let's all stand. We have some people that's going to come and help us pray. I want them to come right now, lie in the front. If you have a prayer need, sick in body, you're praying for a, a family member, a son, a daughter, grandchild. If, if you're going through a tough time, would you meet someone up here? 
and just join with them and say, would you pray with me? If you'd like to come, come on, step out and say, hey, I need some prayer today. Would you agree with me about something? Would you pray for my healing? Would you pray that I get my heart right with God? If that's you, just come up here. We're going to wait, wait just for a moment. People are coming. Hey, let's give them a hand clap as they come. So they're going to find someone to pray with. We're going to pray they can stay here as long as they want to. If you want to come and help them pray, would you come right now? I need some prayer warriors. I need some people to gather around some people to help some people pray. Come on. The, the altar is open for you to come and help us. Come on up. We're going to let them pray as long as they want to. But right now, we're going to pray collectively. And hopefully, I'll see you tonight. Come on, let's pray together. Father, right now, we come to you. We ask for your help. For those who've come, lead them, guide them, touch their body. Bless their family, Lord. Lead them and guide them in the way that they should go. And God, today, we pray that we would be ready. We'd be ready for your coming. We'd be ready for the things that are coming upon this earth. Lord, we're praying that you would help us and lead us and guide us. God, you would strengthen us through whatever we might face in the days, the weeks, the months, the years to come. So, Lord, today... We pray for Israel. We pray for the Palestinians. God, they're caught up in this horrible conflict. We pray that we would be on the side of right. We pray that we would stand with your people. We would stand on your word. And God, we thank you for your mercy, your grace, and your goodness. And everybody said, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap. Hopefully see you tonight. God bless you. I love you. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory and hope changes everything.